All right, welcome into the BFR podcast presented by Sports Mockery. My name is Dave. I'm joined by my co-host, Ficky. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Dave underscore BFR. You can follow Ficky, as always, on It's Ficky Baby. And we have a new face here. Um, we're starting a little bit early, Rob. Uh, Robert Schmitz, he's going to be here in a minute. But we have Nick, who is um, a co-host with uh, Rob for the Bear With Us podcast. So, Nick, first of all, it's a pleasure. Um, first of all, where can we find you on Twitter? And then just tell us a little bit about yourself, man. Yeah, I'm at underscore Nick Whalen on Twitter, which honestly, I'm, I do a lot of fantasy uh, football writing. And there is another Nick Whalen in the fantasy space. He actually lived in Wisconsin for a while. So it's kind of a little crazy. So make sure it's the right one. I, I have the underscore. Um, he's like Nick Whalen and the L is like a one. So you got to kind of, you know, figure it out a little bit. But um, yeah, I've been a uh, Bears fan in Wisconsin my whole life. So that's pretty rough. You know, you got to be pretty dedicated for that one. And uh, I right now at Football Guys uh, for fantasy, I've been there for two years, but I've been writing for, I don't know, over a decade in fantasy stuff. Yeah, I'm going to need your help. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I guess I guess also how, how I got into football and stuff is I, I was a college coach and high school coach for 14 years now. That was kind of my first life. And then I've just kind of bled that over into talking about prospects and Bears football, and it's been fun with everybody. Yeah, that sounds amazing. Did you, the coaching, did you enjoy that? Like, what was the pros and cons of that? Like, that seems a crazy life. Yeah, well, it is because you bounce around everywhere. I mean, I've I've lived in, uh, let's see, Kentucky and Montana and, you know, a few places. It's it's fun because it's football and, and you get to meet some, you know, some high end people and, you know, just interviews and clinics and stuff. Um, the bad part is if you win, you move. And if you lose, you move. Like That's the worst part. It's like <laughs> you have to bounce you around. I'm like, man, this doesn't actually seem as fun as it kind of, you know, was. Uh, yeah, I kind of got out of it. I wanted to have a good family life and. Yeah, so now here we are. That's awesome. Well, and so fantasy, because Figgy, we were talking early off, off the show before we started. Um, Figgy's four; he's four and ten in most his fantasy league. So well, why we gotta we gotta, why we gotta let people know? That's that's my thing. Yeah, I yeah. just said I needed his help. You know, that was. I mean, that's true. That's what I'm saying. So, first of all, first of all, fantasy, Nick. Can you give us what are some like? I know before we talk bears because we're about to, but just give us some of like your best tips fantasy wise, especially for this guy to to my left, um, yeah, Figgy. Um, but yeah, just some fantasy tips and then what, what kind of, I know fantasy is a little bit different, but what, what, what like kind of draws you to it, especially as far as like a writing perspective, mm -hmm. um, and being, being in that space for so long. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think the big, the biggest tip is knowing your format and your league. Um, I actually will map out every score for the past couple of years. Like if your league's 12 team, okay, the top 12 quarterbacks and then the next 12, et cetera. So you kind of can see the point differentials and then you see what the closest in terms of what your strategy should be and like, hey, I need to invest in uh, receivers early, which would be my recommendation, by the way. And then I can wait on quarterbacks. So like that's one thing that you always advise is going against the grain will probably net you more profits in your leagues than, well, uh, hold on, everyone else is getting their tight end. I should get my tight end. Just stay true to what you do because there's so many, as you guys have heard or seen this year, injuries oh and goodness. bye weeks and things like that. So having that, good core of players i think that um are receiver based um and i would say difference makers like a tight end like a kelsey or andrews i know he got hurt uh will help you a lot more i think than having stronger quarterbacks or running back um Andrews are tough this year yeah I yeah mean, i know like every I mean, we're talking we'll talk about here with the browns too but it seems like everybody is just dude great I, players are getting knocked out it's, it's 
their list of injuries is ridiculous. But uh, actually, a cool story, Dave, to bring it actually into the Bears of why I started writing is okay. so I, I have this like I don't know film background with prospects, and then one of my first fantasy leagues. Uh, this would have been man, I'm not going to get the year right. I think it was 2008. Um, I had uh, a couple of picks to draft some college players come to the NFL, and it was a big running back year. That was the Jonathan Stewart, Darren McFadden, um, Chris Johnson, uh, Felix Jones, like that class. But I passed on Chris Johnson, Felix Jones, because I mean, they were first round picks to get our boy Matt Forte because I saw, I was like, dude, I just love his game and his pass kitchen, et cetera. And then I have passed on all those guys again to get Jamal Charles. So I picked Forte and Charles, who were the better picks over yeah. these other ones. And everyone after that were like, hey, what did you see? And I'm like, maybe I should write about this. So that kind of actually spurred the whole thing. Okay. Cool. Those, those those are two home runs. Yeah, it was. <laughs> I mean, I have a lot of bad stories too. So I'm not going to act like I'm, I'm like sure. perfect here, but those are that's a good story. <laughs> More hits than misses, we hope. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So, Nick, first of all, awesome. But now let's, we want to get to to the Bears. So obviously, Rob is going to join us here in a moment. Uh, before we kind of get into um, some questions I had prepped for for both of you, I want to start with this article from Yahoo Sports that's kind of been circulating throughout just Bears Twitter. Um, spare socials on uh, most platforms. And it was um, a Yahoo post about GMs, NFL GMs. It was all anonymous in regards to the best route for the Bears regarding Justin Fields or maybe drafting a quarterback. And then also what the compensation might be if they were to trade Justin. So one quote that I found very, very interesting um, is this is from an AFC general manager. And again, we don't know exactly your stance on what, the route maybe the Bears should go. And so before I ask you that question, this is what the AFC GM said. He said, it would be a clear-cut decision to draft Caleb um, for me, um, which is Caleb Williams. The fact that they're in year three and they don't want to exercise the fifth-year option tells me what I need to know. I just don't think Fields can win consistently as a passer, even though he is gifted physically. Um, now, Justin, obviously, you know, there is a huge controversy about Justin and, and there's a lot of it's very people are very one side or the other in regards to perhaps building around him, trading back again like they did last year. So where do you stand on Justin this year? I know we have four big games left, but say the season ended here. Which route would you go and why um, if you were, you know, say you were GM uh, of Chicago? Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the one thing that shocks me with that is that how does this person know they're not going to pick up the fifth year option? I thought that was the most peculiar part of that yeah. article. I'm like, as, as tight to the vest as polls keeps. I was like, I don't know that I believe that. I, believe that. Um, I have to ask you this, Dave. So you asked me that question. I have to ask you this, though. What is the trade package offer that I would get for the one-on-one? Because that's going to affect it for yeah. me. So let me go ahead and go through these. So they actually, they pulled, let me see here. Seven, right? Seven GMs. Okay. Seven GMs, um, some on the AFC, some... NFC. So GM number one, this is the best package that he sent out there. He said a second round and fourth round pick pending a good finish to the season. GM number two said a second round pick pending a strong finish to the season. So that fourth round pick uh, that the first GM that's out there. So he's saying just a flat out second round pick pending a strong finish. GM number three, he said a third round pick plus another late round pick that could escalate one round based on performance. Um, GM number four said one third round pick in 2024, one fourth round pick in the 2025 draft, 
GM5, he went a similar, a third-round pick or a second-round draft pick for Fields plus a late-round pick from the Bears. Um, GM6 and 7 had the exact same proposal. It was a third-round pick pending the finish of the season. So the, the best one was like a second-round and a fourth-round pick, yeah. um, and that's if he finished strong. The right. worst was a third-round pick, again, pending the finish. So for me, you're getting maybe a second-round pick, maybe a first if he goes, you know, like, maybe crazy nuclear at the end of the season, but why would you want to trade that if you went that berserk, bizarre? So for me, a second round pick, third round pick, any of those packages, would they even interest you? Um, so I, my decision I think is based more on the package I would get for the one Oh one, because that has to get baked into this whole thing. It's not is Drake may or Caleb Williams. And we'll probably talk about both. Are they better than Justin Fields? Are they going to be slightly better? significantly better the same worse i mean i mean people aren't even considering that they could be worse like you know we have bryce young here you yeah. know or you got baker mayfield or we've got trey lance carson wentz like we have lots of guys that haven't been amazing because i think a lot of times people just have this thought of like well you draft him he's going to be patrick mahomes obviously i'm like well you know there's a lot in between there to me, I think having those, those let's say it's three first-round picks for trading down, I think it's going to be something like that. If you get something like that, I think, in a package back, that really changes the conversation because, you know, with Chicago, let's say that's a, another receiver, another edge, another whatever it could be. Um, I think that can change the conversation. So right now, where I would be is I would stay with Fields and I would trade down for massive package and continue to build this team because we're seeing around the NFL – Justin Herbert's elite, and that team isn't making it. We're seeing Brock Purdy getting lifted by the team around him. The Eagles getting lifted by the team around him. Detroit, Goff's getting lifted by the team around him. I think doing that helps. And also, quarterbacks are getting hurt. And so if your quarterback gets hurt, what do you lean on? The team around you. So I would rather build up the team than pray that you get a Patrick Mahomes and he carries, which honestly, he's struggling with that right now. Spot on. Spot on. Honestly, I love that answer. I guess someone decided to join us today. It looks like we have Robert Schmitz. Oh, I'm sure you've heard of him. <laughs> oh, gosh, man. This dealer took forever <laughs> to get the paperwork done. But anyways, so are we talking Fields and the number one overall pick? Yeah, oh, yeah. We, were, we were talking about this article on Yahoo Sports. I'm not sure if you're able to see it. I know you – first of all, Rob is car one, shopping. Right? So what do you say? The Charles Robinson one, right? With the yes, exactly. All that? Yep. I yep. mean, come so, on. It's everywhere right now. How do you not <laughs> see that? Yeah. What are your what are your thoughts on it, Rob? Like, first of all, I know we just asked kind of Nick where he right. stands as far as drafting a quarterback or perhaps building around fields. So what is your stance on that? We're going to just bring you right in and fire away. So absolutely. So here's the problem, right? Justin Fields is an unorthodox quarterback, and we're okay with this. I mean, Justin Fields is also a super athlete, right? There are so many things where Justin Fields is top three, top two. When it comes to what he can do with his lower half, it is something else, right? But this is a league that gives chance after chance after chance to these white bread pocket passers and doesn't really <laughs> value doing things differently and so the idea that the the league might be lower on fields than say we are i can't say i'm shocked but also this is a public article they don't really have a lot of incentive to be 
high on Justin Fields. So if you wanted to throw it out and say, all right, like maybe they're trying to set the price low. Yeah, I mean, I actually might think that that has some credence if you want to take it with a grain of salt. Now, when it comes to like, what do you do at number one, right? I think we are somehow managing to overcomplicate this, right? Because every time we talk about the rookie quarterback, we make it out like the Bears are this awful team with nothing going for them, right? And if that was the case, I would agree. It, that's why trading down last year was such a good idea, right? Like the the Patriots are gonna screw Drake May if that's if that's where Drake May goes, or they take Caleb Williams or anything else. But you added DJ Moore, you added Darnell Wright, Braxton Jones is showing you something. The number seventy six, whose name the moment I say it, he will combust and immediately <laughs> lost. It. Then don't say but it, please. <laughs> please don't say it. He's balling, guys. Yeah, and so yeah. I can't help but look at this. And then there's another guy, a lightning rod, Cole Komet has gotten so much hate out there. And the guy is coming along. Oh, like, yeah. we're seeing receiving chops from Komet that we just didn't see. So if you decide, look at look at the difference between, I know everybody likes to use Brock Purdy. Nick, I'm playing off of what you're saying. As the example where Brock Purdy is why you don't take a quarterback high. So if you think about the difference between how dangerous the 49ers were with Trey Lance versus the difference between how dangerous they are with Brock Purdy, it's not as simple as Caleb Williams is Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy is Brock Purdy. It's You get it. it this mm-hmm. is hard. Scouting quarterbacks is not easy. Yep. But when you do plop a quarterback in with weapons around him, a, a distributor that can make an extra play or two can give you a huge boost. And suddenly, I mean, what we should all be pursuing, whether you're pro-Justin, whether you're in at anti-Justin, is a top five co- offense by 2025, mm-hmm. in my opinion. As much as I care about 2024, because let's be real, like maybe in a perfect world, uh, your rookie quarterback is as good as Justin Fields would have been in 2024, but that's probably not happening. But the goal is by 2025 and 2026, the Bears have a top five offense, right? The, I don't think anything less should be what we are hoping for. And whatever decision Ryan Poles wants to make right now, he's winning enough of these decisions that I'm just going to turn the keys over to him and be like, bro, what you want? Like, you you want a new quarterback? I'll ride with it. You don't want a new quarterback? I'll ride with it. Like, I've got my preference. I'm sure you can pick up what my preference is. But I'm turning the keys over and saying at the end of the day, like, maybe it's a new coach. Probably it's Ryan Poles. Your call. And whatever you want to do, I'll work with. Yeah, I, I'm with that as well. Like, you know, preference, I think both me and Dave is like build around him, obviously. But, you know, I also understand the other side of the coin here with that number one pick. The First of all, we haven't been besides last year. I don't think the Bears ever had a first round, a number one overall pick in the NFL draft. Right. So the fact that you are now in, you passed on it last year. OK, with it makes sense back you know to have it again you know what i mean it's like with, with this level of i guess you could say prospects i can understand where it's like hey ryan poles has done his work he's he's done he's had way more hits than misses i'm gonna rock with it but i mean if you want to talk about value like you said flipping that we saw what he got last year right nine to one dj moore and then the picks right what you could get for caleb williams maybe you don't even have to go back as far back as nine you can get something for two something for four, something for five. 
you'll get something similar in that haul back, which sets you up again for the following years. And then the last portion, which you, which I think is the most important, is this is a risk. And people, I love it. We talk, we come in here and talk about like, oh, what we think of these people. The people who are paid as prospect, I mean, to evaluate prospects, miss on these top guys all the time, especially with quarterback, like all the time. Trevor Lawrence, he's had his good, had his bad, but like he was supposed to be the next coming of Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. Has not been the case. So yeah. there's all that, like basically your the, the decisions like versus what you know, what you have, a quarterback that's got his flaws, gotten kind of progressively better, still has like some big question marks, right? Versus here's a guy whose ceiling looks crazy, could be the next guy, or he's a Ryan Leaf. You know what I mean? And so I don't know. It's just such a it, such an interesting question that you have to answer. I feel I feel bad for Ryan Poles. Good luck. I don't feel bad for him at all. He has oh, he, su- he has. For, I mean, it, yeah, right. <laughs> it's it's all his doing, to be honest. Too like the fact that he the, he was he was smart enough to trade with Carolina, and, and in in my opinion, I really think he did. He it was strategic when he kind of did trade last year because you know as far as the Panthers go, you kind of knew if they were to get a rookie quarterback, then you, you're taking DJ Moore from them. It was um it was methodical. It was smart. So for me, Rob. Another question here with that article was the trade value that they might get back for Justin. So before we kind of hop into other topics, the highest one is around a second and then maybe a third round pick as well. First of all, if you were trading Justin just right now, I know these next four games could very well either um, bring that value up even more. It may decrease a little bit. For for me, where he stands right now, would a second and third round pick, would you be you know, first of all, say they make the deal and then how would you feel? Would you be ecstatic? I know you want to keep fields, but like as far as getting that capital back for the next quarterback, is that sufficient for you? I get a second and a third. I'll take it. I mean, yeah. right now, where we stand right now, we're coming off a game that Nick and I just moaned about on our latest podcast in a good way. We're exciting. It's fun. You should listen to it. But we, we talk about how Justin Fields passed up on four or five opportunities downfield that could have been monster chunk plays, and we know he can make the throw. The, the frustrating piece about Fields' game is you know you, we know you can. Why aren't you? Because it's, it's becoming a consistent issue. But beyond that, I, I think I would be okay with it. I also think I've seen this league draft Tim Tebow in the first round. I've seen them draft Johnny Menzel. In the first round, like if in these next four games, Fields does nearly anything to get people excited, euphoria could take over. And whatever you thought was market rate might just not matter because the moment the Pittsburgh Steelers, Nick, decide this is our guy, they're going to pay this is our guy price just Mm -hmm. because they're going to make sure there's no discussion. Everybody's seen succession here. I know it's a bit of a joke when they say it, but like it's a conversation ending offer when it comes to a your guy quarterback. And especially yeah. because Fields has that second year option. I'm not telling anybody you should expect a first round pick. I'm saying that if the market rate becomes a second and a four, nothing's out of the question if a team gets really amped up about it. And Vicky, I want to push back on something, just something you said, one thing, because I think there are so many Bears fans that are taking this quarterback quandary and they're turning it into, oh, I don't envy Ryan Poles. What a tough decision. Oh, no. There are going to be minimum eight to nine fan bases that would probably amputate a limb to be in the position the Bears are. No, that's true. Like, no, that's true. 
most of these teams don't have a choice. The people who don't like Justin Fields, <laughs> well, you better talk yourself into him. The people that right. do like Fields, he mm-hmm. better be you thought he was. Because either you're getting like five Christmases worth of presents under your tree because you <laughs> traded away from number one, or yeah. you're getting somebody that your GM thinks is the real deal out of everybody in the draft. There's no, yeah. oh no, actually we wanted this guy more than the guy who went number one, mm-hmm. right? There's no convincing. You don't yeah. have, you don't have to make the like, well, you know, Kyle Shanahan really wanted Trey Lance or any of that stuff. You get Ryan Poles is per- personal choice. It might be Drake May. It might be Jaden Daniels for all we know. But right. It probably won't be because if you ask me, if he loved Jalen Daniels, he's going to love Justin Fields, right? But it's it's an interesting way to go about this because like we just saw the chatter say, Ryan Leaf was a generational talent. Absolutely. But at the same time, just because Fields is playing solid ball right now in year three doesn't mean that there's not some tendency on his film that defensive coordinators haven't caught on to that they're about to shut the faucet off. Guys, mm-hmm. we don't know. And sticking with either, there is no safe option. Let's put it that way. I mean, Both I think I've, in part risk. I think I've seen um, in my lifetime 15 generational quarterbacks come through the draft. How about you guys? A, a shit ton. It seems like it's almost every year. Wow. And you're like three years. None, none years through later, Chicago, like, except oh, for man, Mitch Trubisky. Put the word away. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm like, it's not generational then if every year there's someone, right? Or, no, or how, how old am I? I'm thousands of years old, I guess. Maybe that's what it is. <laughs> you remember games from 2001 that nobody else does. Nick. Yeah, he brought that up in the pre-show. I remember it, the back-to-back Mike Brown interceptions. The one was in overtime. But I didn't remember who made that Hail Mary catch. There was no way I was pulling that's that. That's a good question. Out of my back, I, back pocket. So I want to I want to bring this up as well, Rob, because you make a good point because polls, I mean, it is a great position to be in. This was something that another GM talked about in regards to field. So another NFC general manager pointed out kind of the psychological aspect of Ryan Poles and where he is right now. So first, he hasn't drafted his own quarterback. Fields was a selection by Ryan Pace, uh, the previous regime. He said nobody wants to be judged or fired because they didn't make the previous guy's draft picks work, um, especially quarterback and head coach. If it's not working or it's lagging, you should get an opportunity at changing it your own way. Quarterbacks and head coaches are so much of your culture, so it's kind of hard when you don't put those pieces in place and you're taking the hits anyway, or the the criticism or feedback or the progress not being there. So I think that's a real thing. And I, we, you know, there was a hug with Poles and Fields after their win, I think against maybe Minnesota, where you know, kind of people like, oh yeah, Marvin Harrison Jr. is going to be here. And you know, if only it was that easy. But for me, I really think Ryan Poles really has. I know it's not a fun position to be in, but like these are real decisions that are going to shape not just the bears, but really his legacy as GM. Cause if he sticks, if he trades the number one pick here again, first of all, that's two years in a row. I think, I don't even think that's ever been done. That would be a first, um, but the hall would be there and he wants to build through the draft. So he definitely, he would get a lot of pieces. You, you kind of said it would be like getting a bunch of Christmas presents under his tree. But for me, that the idea to get your own guy in there, whether it's Caleb Williams or Drake may or somebody else, um, I think that's pretty enticing. So for me, Rob, this is for you and, and Nick. Where where do you lean right now? If you were Ryan Poles and you kind of inside, what, what do you think he's thinking as far as the direction he's going to go? What is? I'll start with you, Rob. What does Rob think? Rob is pretty obsessed with Caleb Williams' film. Okay. I, 
can't go out to dinner with the guy. We saw a comment just a minute ago about yeah. how somebody doesn't trust Caleb Williams' attitude. I'm going to have to let Ryan sort that one. All I get is the tape. All I'll go off of is the tape. And he really yeah. is that special a passer. That much I can tell you. But mm. what I would also say, because Dave, here's the hard part. Okay, so pop quiz. How many years wow. was Ryan Pace the GM of the Chicago Bears? Eight. Was it eight? Seven? Eight? Eight? eight okay. Years. How okay. did he pull it off? How did he pull it off? Because if you think about the timeline, he waited as long as was realistic. He waited until year three to draft a quarterback. Then he got four more years of that quarterback's tenure. Five and only until he finally picked another one was he on the hot seat enough to get fired. And I say this because if you stick with fields and it doesn't work, you could be gone as early as the end of the 2024 season, realistically the 2025 season. If you draft Caleb, you are almost assuredly extended through 2026 at a minimum. Mm -hmm. And if he's any good at all, you get an extension the first year he throws for 4,000 yards. And Caleb's a passer enough, he might. Even No, I'm saying like, y'all, that's, that's not the trophy it used to be. Like, this is the NFL. 11 to 14 quarterbacks throw for 4,000 yards every single year, right? But he throws for 4,000 yards. You're getting extended probably through 2027, 2028. And remember, those are guaranteed contracts in the eyes of these guys. And none of this that I just said is me trying to argue that picking Caleb automatically makes you better or, Nick, that it's the right decision. But it might be the right decision for Ryan Poles' job. And yeah. That I, I do wonder because Ryan Pace put his job above everything else and it worked. Dude got eight years as the GM yeah. of a franchise. So Dave, I got to tell you, I, I would be worried if I was a fan of fields because Ryan Poles is going to have a lot of external pressure that I think pushes him towards taking that one, number one overall quarterback. Even if he just, even if he picks Drake may, <clears throat> even if he doesn't pick Caleb in this case, just because if you trade down, you have to be right. You have to be yeah. really right. And even worse, Nick, here, Nick, let me throw this question at you as we segue. Let's say the Bears are undisputably a good team. They trade down. They stick with Fields. Whether Fields works or not, they make the playoffs for the next five years. They win two playoff games. Like, they are in that conversation. But Caleb Williams was an MVP in year three. Are you fired anyways? I don't think so. Because I, I don't think it matters because he wants to take the North and never give it back. Like, to me, to me, I, I don't care about Ryan Pace. I care about, about Ryan Poles. And, and if you think of, if you guys are running a team, think of your jobs right now. Are you making decisions right now so I can have a job for five more years? Or you're like, hey, I want to swing and hit a home run. And I want to, to you know, I want to get the championship. And whichever path he thinks, I think he's going to take. I don't think it's going to be, I care about my job because honestly, he's made a bunch of money. He's not going to be, you know, looking for table scraps and, you know, you know, peddling for money as we all drive at the stoplights and everywhere we go now, like <laughs> he's going to be fine to me. It comes down to, I think how you want to team build. And we've talked about this, but also when I watched the tape fields did have some turndowns, but we've seen progress in him as a passer. And We've all talked about this and Packer fans will push back and be like, well, that's excuse. Boom, 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 boom. But right now, what do we hear for Patrick Mahomes? Well, he doesn't have a receiver and he doesn't have Kelsey's a step slow. It's like, whoa, 
last year we didn't get that from you guys you know what what happened the year before with fields like you know and then right now when chicago's finally healthy we look pretty darn good and so to me when i watch caleb williams i watch drake may i watch justin fields all on all 22 tape which i do have by the way rob now and i watch some of that there you they're go all very they're all very different <laughs> caleb williams y'all like, I know people want to say Mahomes. He doesn't have Mahomes' arm. He doesn't have the arm strength. He kind of reminds me almost like of Russell Wilson because he's very, like, lateral, crazy, gumby, flexible. Like, does crazy he, – oh, you guys remember this. He's like an and-one guy playing quarterback. Like, he's just – you never know where he's going to be. He'll make some crazy good plays, though. He'll take some bad sacks. But that's what he is. But I don't think he has the cannon. Then you go to Drake May, I think, has a better – arm he's a little bit more of like a linear athlete i think he's faster but i think he he's off balance sometimes i don't think he reads the field probably as better as caleb or as creative but i think there's also a, a offense for him and then you have this fields who i think is almost better off script than anybody in creative but the madden literally player you're like six two two thirty you run a four three and you have a crazy strong arm like yeah that's the guy i want so I think it depends way more on what offense they want going forward. Can you build a coordinator that will play to his strengths? And that's not Luke Getzey. Let's let's use positive comps for all three guys because I think that's the only thing that's fair, okay? Mm -hmm. When I watch Caleb Williams, I see a guy who is not the same as but similar to Aaron Rodgers. When you watch Drake May, you see a guy who's not the same as but similar to Justin Herbert. And then with Justin Fields, you could think of it as a blend of Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen, right? So the different direction you want to take this team is all going to come back to the eye of what they think this team is, right? Mm -hmm. But uh, I feel like hmm. that's all stuff that's going to get settled over the next four weeks. Can we beat the Browns? They don't have a can choice. We, go, can yeah. we win six games in a row? Like, they're... There are pieces to this. I think we all agree where if Justin comes out and has another 120 yard passing game, like the no, he's done. probably over. Uh, it, you yeah, know what? But, yeah. I, I have a hot take. I actually think the decision's already been made. I Ooh. think they have enough evidence, right? They have three years. I think polls has come out and talked about like, it's when we evaluate is what he's done in his career. Right. I think the decision has already been made and we're, just over here talking about obviously we're you know we'll never find that out but huh. i think because like if you think about it realistically right you like you mentioned it rob tendencies right we know his tendencies we know what his flaws are is nothing in the next four games personally right obviously you want to see him perform well but it's like if i'm deciding if whether i keep a guy based off four games like i don't know how that's just such a low sample of data for you to have mm -hmm. high confidence in right, right. so i i get it but if you're already kind of like this, right, in the middle, going back and forth, and you need four games to determine it, then you probably already know your decision is to move on. You know what I mean? So, so let's say – I don't know, but that's kind of my hot take. Fick, let's say that we got Ryan Poles on this podcast right now, right? And then we dosed him with some truth. Here. Hold on. Let me call him. Hold yeah, on. Give, give <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? It might be <laughs> – if, if Ryan pulls shot straight with us, what do you think, Ficky? And I want you to answer this with a real number. This isn't rhetorical. What do you okay. think of the chances that Ryan pulls would tell you the only thing that stops me from making a decision outright is that Carolina might go on a four-game winning streak, and I'm waiting for this thing to settle itself? Oh, no. I, okay, so 
if we don't have this first overall pick, I guarantee. Okay, not not just first. If we have the second or first, okay. Basically, if we don't, if we didn't have the option to pick either Drake May or Caleb Williams, I think he sticks with Fields. I don't think he trades yeah. up for a risk, you know, to for mm-hmm. questions you don't have. You stay out where you're at and build around him. That's the biggest problem is that you have such this valuable, valuable piece in this first round pick, number one overall. So to mm-hmm. answer your question, a number, are you saying like they do go on a four, a four game winning streak? What do you think of the chances that Ryan Poles would tell you that any uncertainty regarding his decision is as simple as Carolina has not, like the, the pick is not solidified yet. Like, oh, I you know think what I'm it saying? Is. Yeah, yeah, I, I mean, just, you might. I think, yeah, I so think it is. <laughs> I know technically it is, and technically we we have a chance for the playoffs. I think it's like a ninety nine percent chance that the Bears yeah. get the number one hey, overall. We're pick. going to the playoffs. We're beating <laughs> the Lions at the sixth seed. What are you talking about? Get out! Of here. I think it's interesting. I like both. I like Vicky. I, I think that's interesting that the decision is perhaps already made, and that might be that might be possible. Wait a second. Am However, I on board with that, or do we all feel that it's? I don't feel that still way. Still to be decided. Nick, I, no, I don't either. I, I brought up, I brought up something a different like caveat to this on our pod last night. I'll, I'll bring it up here. And first is, of all, what your guys' pod? We've talked about it early in the show, but Rob, what, your guys, it's bear with us. It's on Rob's channel, and you guys have been doing it for quite a while now, as far as season. So, first of all, we'll have the link in the description. Check it out. It's an amazing podcast. I know there's a lot of Bears podcasts out there, not just ours, but Rob, Nick do a great job so for first of all check that out thank you yes absolutely you guys know yeah no appreciate that dave is i I made this cop because we know that justin fields isn't zach wilson right we're not saying like he's like terrible and that's what makes this actually a conversation right and or mac jones whomever he's a starter and and this it's a similar conversation to what we have with braxton jones right now you're like ooh, he's playing okay maybe we don't need to spend that other first on Joe Alt, other tackle, et cetera. And now you're like, okay, Tyreek Stevenson is making some strides. Maybe we don't need to replace him at corner. This like, like now that's happening. And to me, it's all like, we're all figuring out values. It's like, okay, how much better could this rookie quarterback be than fields? How much better could this right. tackle be than, than Braxton Jones? If this is a good problem, no matter what the answer is, because well, sir, our, yeah. the floor of Chicago's team right now, the young guys, they're all like, oh, Brisker, 17 tackles. Oh, I'm seeing these young D tackles making plays like like everything is good in Chicago right now. And I love Justin Fields, but I trust Ryan Pohl. So whatever we do, I'm okay with. But Chicago is going in the right direction. And, yeah, and yeah. I think I really think we have to, Nick, because, I mean, Caleb Williams is a strange dude. Strange is not always bad. Aaron Rodgers is a strange dude. And I he think is. <laughs> if we got we would all rather or like we would love to have him as a young version of his quarterback if that's what actually happens. But. Like, Nick, I can't help thinking that somehow this is going to come down to some draft day-esque Bo Callahan, like, does everybody <laughs> go to his birthday party kind of thing? Like, <laughs> it, it is halfway dumb town that I'm suggesting this, but I really can't help but think that, like, that Ryan Poles is going to be sitting at a dinner with Caleb Williams and his agent, and he's going to have some GM blowing up his phone with some insane trade offer, and the vibe he gets from Caleb is going to swing the decision one way or another. That stuff we'll never see on tape. Well, here's a question, okay? So if you guys are, because it seems like we're split, like two of you are, are Caleb, and me and Dave are still like, we'll see, right? 
Is there We're a trade? Uh, I, no, I'm more of a. I'm more of a. We'll see. Okay. I'm okay right. with either. Well, I e- see both sides. Either, either way, even if people are all Caleb and they're like, eh, I don't know about Fields. Mm-hmm. Is there a trade package that's like ridiculous? You'd be like, okay, I have to stick you with Fields because that trade package is so much that we can't say no. I feel like you have to, right? I mean, I guess you have to weigh it though. The once in a lifetime if, opportunity for generational QB versus the once in a life, lifetime. It all opportunity depends. For the biggest haul. It all depends. History. Look at look at Bryce Young right now and how lopsided this deal is, right? Because it's like you can even look at it right now. You don't have to wait okay. a couple of years because Bryce Young, sure, he could be good, but it's like he's not going to be generational. It's just not going to happen. Carolina is a mess. It's similar to Chicago. I would almost say last year with that roster they have might even be worse in Carolina right now. So for me, it's like for if Caleb Williams becomes Aaron Rodgers, right, Hall of Fame quarterback, the trade back it. it if you get three first, whatever it might be, it just might not look nearly as good if one of them flops. So say you Drake May and Caleb Williams are both very good average quarterbacks, then yeah, the trade back's going to look great because you're going to get picks. It's gonna be, but if one of them is generational, like we talk about like that tag that we throw out there, mm-hmm. and, but if one of them, it's going to be like, well, shit. It's similar to like CJ Stroud almost, even though that was a different, that's different because no one really knew that he was going to come out the gate this hot, this good mm-hmm. right away. But that's the but thing. you can't you really know. judge that's the whole point. Yeah, and that's the thing. You kind of know with Fields, you know what you can do. But th- I wanted to get here. If he wins out, because one thing that has been a roadblock for him is winning, and it's not necessarily all on him, but it's it's a big part of you know you see his record and wins are not a QB stat. But if he goes on this run here, he beats Cleveland, exercises some demons. You know that's a big win against a very good defense. I know there's a lot of players yep. out right now, but if you beat Cleveland in Cleveland, and you do it in a way where it's not 120, 150 yards passing, but say 250, another 50 on the ground, two, three touchdowns again, and you just start consistently stacking these games, then you go and beat Atlanta, and you go and you get into the Lambo where you beat the Packers too, and they're all very good games. That's where I think that, sure, he may have a decision right now, but if he goes on this run, and he's a reason why the Bears are winning, and he's doing it in a very good, you know, uh, still running the ball, of course, but also passing. And you and sure you're going to need some help to get in. But if you go out and win six games in a row, you finish nine and eight. You can't. I don't think there's a possibility where you could be like, hmm, yeah, let me just blow up this lock, locker room. You looked at Brisker. You look at how these guys, T.J. Edwards, talk yeah. about Fields, and you go on that run. I think that would just be would be a big mistake. Um, yeah. If I know we're getting ahead of ourselves, but I think that's one way where it can kind of teeter back to be like, oh no, we're going to trade this away. He's showing us that he can win, and we're seeing those steps. So that's another thing, Dave. And I was going to ask Robin, uh, Nick, this: mm-hmm. if the team is so much behind this guy, we, I think TJ Edwards came out again unprovoked and was like, "Yeah, Fields, you watched him in OTAs. I'm not surprised he's here yep. now, right? All these players back back him up. That we've seen the opposite of that with Mitch. That was not the case, right? So, do you take something that is at least working in the locker room, working enough? on the field and risk that to then now you bring in a new guy fan base probably won't enjoy right off just because of fields being gone. Right. And and then also bringing the personality doesn't necessarily mesh great with Chicago. I don't have anything against it, but the fan base might have something against it. You're stirring a lot of things into a pot, into a team, as Nick said, is progressively going up. Right. So is it even worth the risk to bring in someone like Caleb to disrupt something like that, or does it not fucking matter because he's going to win you games? And I'll start with Rob first because you're the big Caleb guy here. 
Vic, I got two examples for you, right? And Nick loves past Bears history examples, but I got I got an old example for both of these, right? One, San Francisco 49ers, Jim Harbaugh. They got a winning Alex Smith who's been under fire for forever, right? And in the middle of the season, in the middle of a bunch of winning, they make the decision to bench Alex Smith for Colin Kaepernick, and they don't look back en route to a Super Bowl. And they lose the Super Bowl, which sucks. But I think any of us would take a Super Bowl trip. Bears example. Thomas Jones is a free agent. Not quite a nobody, but somebody who's all heart and soul. The Bears make the decision to draft his replacement in Cedric Benson, who they give the majority of the carries to in Super Bowl. I don't remember what number it is, but the 2006 Super Bowl that we all grew up on. Is that 41? Might have been. Yeah. And, and then Benson, Benson fumbled. Anyway. The, yep, Benson yeah. did. RIP too. But yeah. yeah. Bears yeah. lose yeah. the game. We hate him for the rest of, well, we pretty much don't like him for a long time. And then obviously Benson passes, which is awful. Yeah. So there's no, we don't need to dig any further into that. But it's more yeah. to yeah. say, Ficky, that it sure seems as if it really is as simple as, okay, but is the other guy any good? And if he is, yeah. everybody seems to just forget about this. Nobody really cared that Alex Smith was upset when he turned his roster over to Patrick Mahomes either. Like, he got traded. And everybody said, get over it. And the cat went and won <laughs> the MVP. On the other hand, if this doesn't work, guys, it will be burned <laughs> our brains forever if that's the direction they go. And honestly, that's probably true either way. Like, yeah. I think Fields is going to have Fields already has a lot of pressure on him. He'll have more pressure on him if the Bears trade down, give up that quarterback, and, I mean, God forbid they have one good game. Like, Nick, you, you've you seen it because I know you've talked about this, Nick. The way Bears fans are about George Pickens, like anytime he has one catch, you see <laughs> yeah, they go crazy. Daggum it. How do you not make it? Like, they're going to do that. <laughs> and, no. and, and so I can't help thinking that until this thing resolves itself, Honestly, this is a fan base that's just going to be really tense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and that, they already were. <laughs> and the, the other part with this, Rob, too, to give you a, another scenario with this, is you could, again, like, I feel like we like you have to make the decision. You don't have to make the decision this year. Like, let's think about it this way. You trade back, you get a bunch of firsts, okay? Next year, you'd have two firsts. So if it doesn't work out and you don't, you don't have to pay Justin yet, then you could do it then. Like, you could do that because... To me, you talked about that 49er team. You talked about that Kansas City team. They were loaded. That's what made it didn't matter who was that quarterback because you got Bolden and Frank Gore and, you know, tight ends and O-line and, you know, Justin Mm -hmm. Smith on defense. Like, you had a squad. Patrick Willis, you had a squad. It's like, I want the squad. And, like, people talk about having that that QB on a rookie contract. Man, let's get... Marvin Harrison Jr. on that rookie contract. Let's get Brock Bowers on that rookie contract. Like those are advantages too, y'all. Yeah, yeah. 100%. No. So where are the Bears from the squad? What I, is I, I didn't hear that. Yeah, how say many, it again. How many holes away are the Bears from the squad? This isn't twenty twenty two. Yeah, we probably away? probably two on the D line. I'd say maybe one in the secondary, one on the offensive like line. Safety. And one in this, and one in the uh, wide receiver core. So I'd probably say, what's that? Six. That was five players, and if five. The Bears yeah. An extra first round pick, and they do get a second round pick back, 
and they have a hundred million dollars in cap space. I mean, think you're you saying that's doable? Because I would think you. Could oh, absolutely. So, Here's my thing to double down with you, Rob, is that I think the fastest way to being a contender is sticking with fields because you already have so many weapons, right, that are set here. Like this isn't yeah. the Mitch team that he got drafted to where it's like, man, we got to basically restart the whole well, roster. I'm so if you can use those picks to fill in more of the six remaining, right, from the trade, right, you trade it back, you can probably fill those six quicker than having to use one of them on your quarterback. I'm yep. saying I think you could do it either way. You use your Are you guys hearing? Uh, yeah, yeah, your like audio about, might be a little. Rob, are you? Are you? Uh, do you have your phone on something? Is it different than it was? I'm not sure. Oh wait, yeah, it's talk going now, out just Rob. A bit. Hello, hello. There we go. Better. Yeah, there better. we go. Yes. All right. Yeah, I thought it was on my end. I was like, what? Look, I like pushing back against the consensus either way because I'm trying. I'm a big. Both of these are two good options. Mm -hmm. Like. There is no losing here kind of attitude. What I'm yeah. what I'm more trying to get everybody to think about is that I think it's possible to build the those dudes roster, the loaded bears roster, either direction. I think that there's enough right. free agents money. I think there's enough picks for you to yep. stack this roster together. And like Nick's saying, you have a better chance of creating the 21 dudes around the quarterback's roster if you keep Justin Fields. But it is possible to create the 21 dudes around the quarterback roster with the rookie quarterback, especially if you factor in the 2025 offseason, because the Bears don't have to trade their future first to get a quarterback. That is a new thing these days. You'd swear mm -hmm. everybody has to. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, the team that wants Jaden Daniels is almost assuredly going to trade up to go get him. And if not, yeah. somebody's going to trade up to go get J.J. McCarthy because people be crazy out there, right? Yeah. Well, it's, they are. <laughs> I think it's interesting, too, if you trade that first overall pick, you know, barring, you know, some crazy, you know, Panthers run like you talked about, Rob, it should be first overall. You should be able to get it if you wanted to, like you did last year with D.J. Moore, get another young player that's a star. That's that we know what he can do in the league, whether that's at it could be an edge, it could be really anywhere, you know. Um, and then you can get Marvin Harrison Jr. So, it, I, I think for uh, as far as content goes, I mean, podcasts, everything, it's gonna be a fun off season. Uh, I know we can keep talking about it, it's it's exciting. And I think you, you talked about Rob earlier about there's so many fan bases that would love to be in this scenario. We talked with the Panthers fans, Matt, he's on the Stay Hot podcast over there, and he's like, No, you guys absolutely have it better. Like, this, this is brutal. Being a Panthers fan, it, it just sucks. It's it's not fun. You been there. Bryce Young is interesting. It's great, but it's like everything around him is like we have no belief that we're going to be able to figure this out and also save him before he's ruined. You know. Um, and Dave, I, I'm going to kick it to Nick on this because Nick, we've talked about this before. Like maybe there was this world where the Bears could have locked up number one and number three if they came out super duper flat or Justin Fields was awful or anything in between. But like Nick, the other part of this I love so much, this roster is on fire right mm -hmm. now. Like, and if everybody's playing well, then either decision, the impact gets a little bit less because I've been a Bears fan for 15 years. And for some reason, it has been the Chicago Bears in 12 of those 15 years that have decided we're going to try to make the quarterback carry us. 
We're going to have Nick Foles carry us. We're going to have Andy <laughs> Dalton carry us. We're going to have Mitch Trubisky carry us. We're going to have Jay Cutler. It was Cutler for like six years of my life. He's going to carry us. And one of the winningest quarterbacks in recent memory, because if memory serves, he went like eight and eight. Maybe he did better. Nick, you're better with some of this. Was Kyle Orton, who might be the least talented of the bunch. Because yeah, the Bears just... The Bears just put a team around him. And so what I love either way, what I love either way is that the Bears seem committed to building the team around the quarterback, Mm -hmm. regardless of what they do with this free pick at number one, so to speak. Like, And and the other part of this too, we we talked about this last night, Rob, is uh, one of the cool parts is, okay, so we've we've all, and we'll talk about Cleveland here, I think soon is, is let's say there's a winning streak here. I think we're probably going to be favored in a couple of games. We should be, you know, let's say we end fairly well with all this money that we have, no matter what we pick at quarterback with all this money that we have, free agents are going to be like, Hey, I see what's happening in Chicago right now. Just like Detroit. It's like, Hey, I want to be a part of something special and some of that. And you don't have to overpay to get some people. They want to come. Like it, you're going to flip the script. Like, like honestly, no matter what we pick, this might be the last time the Bears have a top 10 pick in a while. Yeah. God, I, I hope so. And, and, yeah, me too. I think we all do. <laughs> Maybe not from a content standpoint, um, but yes, from my actually, mental health. You say, that. say that, though. There could be. So say they trade back. And they land two, a couple more first round picks. Depending on the team, you could be loaded. This roster could be competing for a title. And then the following year, I think they saw it with Philadelphia, someone yeah. where they were like in the playoffs and still well, have like a top five pick. They had was a nine, they pick Jalen at nine that they traded with us. Yeah, they got Jalen yeah, Carter so at, it, after just going to a Super Bowl. So that's all I'm saying is you could be set up if it, if polls does it correctly and you get a little bit of luck with who you trade with, which that's you know it's a big factor. You t- you factor in you know who you who you trade back with. You know as far as the Carolina, you look back at it. A lot of teams, a lot of great GMs, they do they are they're ahead of everyone else. So, so, so is you, Ryan Poles there? You're saying like Ryan Poles? What if he continually gets the number one pick every year, Dave? That's what you're saying. It could be, yeah, it could just be a we, man, we're gonna be crazy. Are you that would be insane? I, I hope we don't get that pick every year going forward. Yeah, we I do that. We, work. I think we'll, I think we'll, we'll fry. <laughs> yeah, either way, yeah, it's just I, it's looking, it's looking good. So, what are you but saying, I think Vicky? we all agree here. No, it's just that a lot of this conversation is basically been like a round of applause mm-hmm. to Ryan Poles. Like this guy has come in, been a modern GM, build in the trenches, yeah. mitigate your risk by hedging, by you by you know uh trading getting good value mm-hmm. not going over value in free agency i mean look what he got tj edwards for top linebacker you know letting roquan go getting dj Moore. i think overall why we feel good about the position we're in is because our quarterback isn't just complete doo-doo right so that helps because it can be a trade target <laughs> and it makes the decision hard and we also have that first overall pick and so i think we all just feel confident in the team moving forward because of Ryan Pohl. So that's a, yeah. I think that's what I'm most excited about is because, and we've all said it, whatever happens, King Pohl's, you know what I mean? Oh like, yeah. I think, I think we're good yeah. with that. Well, him, Ryan Pohl's and his, his team, his staff, like they yeah, can draft too. Like I feel he like they can draft, they find talent. You see it, this draft class alone, I think is just, you're starting to see some of that talent, especially on the defensive line. Uh, Jervon Dexter, I feel like he's kind of flashing more and more. So it's interesting. Um, a lot of draft talk. I'm sure we'll have another episode as the draft nears. We'll get all you guys on. Maybe we can come over to your guys' show too. Um, but I want to, I guess want to move. I guess we have hey, a game this a week. Before, yeah. yeah, we do. But before we move forward, we do have two super chats, uh, both from uh, okay. Tito. So let me pull this up. 
So yeah. our man Tito in here with the, the first one's a $5 super chat. He said, trade down and fill this team with studs. More talent means fields will flourish. Building a team is way more important than finding the perfect QB. I wouldn't be mad about that. I think we're on our way with that. So that's good. We got to get Tito on the pod. One, yeah, yeah. I know we definitely do with all these super Smart chats. Man. And then the second one is a uh, uh, $2 super chat here. He said, when's the last time a number one overall QB did something? And I think I have the answer to that. That's going to be Andrew Luck in 2012. Yeah. But you'll be surprised Burrow. to learn. Super Bowl. Oh, Joe, Joe Burrow, yeah. Burrow. Joey Burrow. <clears throat> yep, the- yep, you're right. Joe Burrow. But then it would be Luck. But, still, but I think there's probably – Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead, Rob. No, I said he didn't win it. So there are a lot of people that are going to immediately look at that and say, well, that doesn't count. And it's like right. the, the, <laughs> the hardest part to me about the Super Bowl is that the method to get there is always changing and it involves a lot of luck. Right. And so I, I just want to win some dead games like Fields, so, rookie quarterback. I'm very confident they can win games. I can rock with either. Yeah. yeah. No, so Joe the, Burrow is definitely to, a great quarterback. So that'd be the number best. one overall quarterbacks taken um, in the last like 10 years. So it goes Bryce Young, um, Trevin Lawrence, Joe Burrow, Kyler Murray, Baker Mayfield, um, Jared Goff. I guess Jameis Winston went number one as well. Is that correct? Yep. Lame is big. Pre LASIK. Andrew Luck, Cam Pre-lasic. Newton. He went to Super Bowl. Post Crab Pre LASIK. Ca- uh, crab legs. So. <laughs> That's so funny. That's funny. But anyways, I want to shift here because, like I said, I know we, we've been going for a little while, but we do have a, a big game. Um, honestly, I've been telling, I've been talking to like my my fam, friends, everything. I feel like it's a playoff game. You know, I feel like it's a playoff game. Um, and I'm gonna take it that way. So the Bears, Browns, Browns are still three point favorites. They're at home. Um, it's a it's a f- interesting game. Justin Fields talked about kind of going back to Cleveland and what it was like, you know, to play in his rookie season. Uh, I remember getting sacked a lot. So Rob, first of all, what we do here is we do bold predictions, but first, before we get to that, Rob and Nick, how are you guys feeling heading into this game? Like one to 10, how confident are you that the bears can kind of pull this one out? I'll start with so, you, Nick. We'll switch it up. We'll go with yeah. Nick. Yeah. Um, I'm at like a nine because I, oh, wow. I see the rap sheet of injured, guys on IR for Cleveland. I see the rap sheet of guys that are DMPs this week. And I mean, it's starting center, starting other safety, David Njoku. I mean, uh, starting D tackle, starting guard, like, like they are decimated. And the other part of this too, is Justin Fields lost the first game against Detroit this year, won the second one. They lost the first game against Minnesota, won the second one. He lost, I mean, the first one to Green Bay, you know, you can, where I think that'll go at the end of the year, but got embarrassed against Cleveland, his first game in the NFL. I think, I think Justin Fields has a little bit of revenge in his blood and his veins coming through here. So that also leads into my confidence for him and Chicago winning this game. Cause I mean, I also we're rolling y'all like we've won three of four Fields has won three of his last four starts. I mean, I know there's that gap in there too. Like, like we're rolling with Fields. We're rolling as a team, and Cleveland's just going the complete opposite. Their defense, their offense, everything. Interesting. Hey, Rob. Except Flacco. Are you feeling Flacco as confident? Last year. So, about the only thing hot. So, so Dave, Ficky, you guys have had me on before. If you know me at all, you know that I'm the guy who usually tries to tell everybody, okay, so we should be excited, but like, should we be that excited? No, I'm at like a nine and a half. I mean, that's I'll crazy. Wow. Oh, wow. Bold prediction. My, if we were going to go bold prediction, like legitimately yeah. bold, 
my bold prediction is that the Bears defense outscores the Browns offense. Like, I don't know wow. how this Browns offense is supposed to keep Montez Sweat out of the game. They are starting OT5. The Bears started a one-armed Darnell Wright for four weeks instead of letting Aviante Collins play. <laughs> it is hard to find it's hard to find three decent, decent tackles in like the NFL, let alone five for crying out loud. And you're already starting number four on the left side. So like you're, you're talking about two tackles that aren't even the swing guy on most rosters. And those are your starters behind quarterback two and a half, depending on how you want to phrase this running back two. A wide receiver one that I think Amari Cooper's good, but think about the wide receiver ones the Bears have faced this year. They've faced Devontae Adams. They've faced like a bunch of guys out there that can play. And so I can't help but look and think that PFF's number one corner in Jalen Johnson and a DB room that's coming alive and a Montez Sweat that I don't care what you think he is as a pass rusher, he's going to be a matchup problem. For two dudes that one guy who's not that heavy, which doesn't match up well against Demarcus Walker, and one guy that's not that long, and that doesn't match up well with Montez Sweat. And Nick's talked about this on our podcast. They're going to try to chip the piss out of the Bears using their two tight end formations, and the Bears are going to line up six six guys on the line and blitz and create one-on-ones. So this is a huge game for Tremaine Edmonds, for TJ Edwards, Montez Sweat, and the others. And honestly, guys, I would be... I have gassed myself up to the point I'm going to be surprised if the Bears don't score a defensive touchdown. I've built it into every score prediction I've done because whether that's a sack fumble, like that gets strip sacked and pulled the other way, whether it's a pick six on a hurried throw that runs the other way, Jalen's dropped two in three weeks. So maybe he finally gets that one and we get euphoric. Like I would argue the funny part about this, Dave, is we have we have spent the whole week talking about Justin Fields, and I think the defense may make this not a game very quickly. So it's gonna be like an opposite, so similar to like rookie uh, Fields' rookie start, where the Browns' defense kind of okay. Um, I want to kind of interrupt mean, this. Flacco, the Raiders Thursday night football—they've put up forty-two points at halftime. What? No, no. I don't know if you all seen this. Yeah, what? I got a notification. Yeah, Devontae. It is forty-two to nothing. Against the Chargers, no Herbert. No. But man, Brandon's got to be gone, right? Oh, like, he's gone. That's no, got to be Staley. I, I, I think they just fired him. I think he's. I don't think he's coming back. <laughs> Yo, that is. <laughs> he's staying in the locker room. Points? Forty-two. That's more than the Raiders have scored 42. all year. <laughs> what the? Aiden O'Connell points? has four touchdown passes. Man, yeah. that's Lock okay. This has none of those. Unfortunately, <laughs> he's on my fantasy team. He doesn't. I know. This, this is one thing about the NFL I will tell you guys that frustrates me is that if we put a separate fan base's hat on, right, we can start to see how we would be talking ourselves into Zach Wilson because he threw for 300 yards. We would oh, be yeah. talking ourselves into Aiden O'Connell because he's hang, he's hung four touchdowns on the Chargers in a half. Like the hardest part about the NFL is consistency, especially at quarterback. And the worst part is, ju- let's just call it out. It is so easy to buy into your guy. It is oh, yeah. so easy to buy. I bought into. Game. We bought into Nick Foles. At least I did for like five you years. I was like, yes. bought into. You Mitch bought into for, Mitch for way too long. <laughs> oh, I did absolutely. I thought, yeah. I'll be honest. Younger Dave, um, absolutely. <laughs> I've learned a lot. Um, I've been burnt 
you know? And so for me, it's like, I, that's how I can be kind of critical of Justin a little bit. You know, even we talked about earlier, I think it was Nick about some of the throws he missed, or I think it was Rob, all of us, he missed some throws. It wasn't his best game and it's okay to admit that, but they still won by 15 points. So I'm like, first of all, that's the roster that Nick, you talked about. There's some players they're developing these young players. So for me, I think it's just funny to see, you're, you're right. You could buy yourself into it. If we didn't have Justin, if we didn't have all these picks, we would be looking at some of these quarterbacks like, yeah, I would send a second or third round and see what we can get, you know? Right. So right. it's fun. But <clears throat> so hey, well, do you mind? Go, Rob. Yeah, go ahead. I think go ahead. I know what you were about to say. You're about to say, hey, but this Browns offense is cooking and you're right. I the wouldn't problem- say I wouldn't say that much. I mean, Flacco oh, no. did have a 300 yard game, but they kind of are. The problem is we saw this with the pastronaut, didn't we? Like when you're you're riding too high and you face a decent defense, man, the wheels like the NFL is just really unkind. Like you slam into a wall. This isn't a linear decay where you play a little worse against better competition. You like Nick, you've seen it. If you've got the right matchup in football and you exploit it 10 times, you might win a game 70 to nothing. Like coaching. I'm like, that guy doesn't want to tackle. We're going to go at him and we won. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Right now, Ficky, let me ask you this. Put your Browns hat on. Become Kevin's Do I have to? <laughs> For this moment, I want you to do this because I'm being serious. Let's get, let's get on the whiteboard. What are you – what matchup are you excited about coming up on Sunday? Oh, there's, no, there's, there's none. I mean, the only one would be, obviously, you're the best player on the Browns, and that's Miles Garrett against anybody, right? So, like – Offense. But it's not, it's, oh, offense. Oh. I'd say the Browns have a better punter. Absolutely. Special teeds, but but <laughs> how do we? It's Trenton Hill, by the way. Yeah, that, I'm just being, yeah, I'm offense, playing into that. In offense, are- like obviously, I'd say your best your best uh, player on offense is Amari Cooper, but you're right. going against a very strong secondary, right? So I wouldn't right. even say young that athletic anywhere. Yeah. yeah, there's no one there where I'm like, okay, I'm sure JJ won't follow, but like Amari Cooper versus JJ, I still feel confident in that maybe Amari and- versus a rookie, but like. You know, there's nothing where you're like, oh, we can exploit this. We've done. Is well Joe against, Flacco uh, going to have enough time? That's the question. That's also true. <laughs> and he and 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 Njoku would be my next guy to go to, but I I think he's mm-hmm. he's on. He's he was a DMP, and then also the Bears have played well against tight ends this mm-hmm. year. We saw what they just did to Laporta last game, like it what twenty six yeah. yards, right? Shut him down, and same with Wright. So, I there's nothing, there's nothing that I look at it and go, wow, I'm really scared of a matchup you know but again like like nick said coaching is important too so yeah who knows what they have in store and nick remind me this this isn't the amari cooper that's got gas right he's lost a step hasn't he well he has and he he's dealing with the rib thing right now too he's full participant today he didn't practice yesterday so he's dealing with like like it's it's like even their good guys are like darn all right was they're like ah we're like 70 percent Meanwhile, you look at us and we got a squad right now. Like everyone's healthy. Mm-hmm. It's, it's weird. It's like a twilight zone. I feel like right now in terms of like, like we're not used to having our team right. healthy and rolling and it's, it's going right now. Absolutely. Yeah. The luck's in our favor. So I will feel rug pulled if the bears don't not just win, but kind of dominate and I'll get over it. It's happened a lot. Generally <laughs> when I'm up the bears is when yeah. the worst game comes. But it's more to say that, like, when I look at this, the other thing that gets me gassed up, because, Nick, I was trying to lead you to this, is 
there's one player that Tyreek Stevenson had his best game against so far this season, and that was Devontae Adams. Because Devontae Adams doesn't beat you with straight speed. He beats you with a blend of physicality, which or which Tyreek can match, and technique. And Tyreek has the uh, like agility and anticipation to break with you on common routes. So if Amari Cooper, because I have not film ratted on Amari Cooper recently, but I imagine he's trying to win in very similar ways. And so if you, the Browns, think, oh, this will be easy. We're just going to line up Amari Cooper on Tyreek Stevenson. Well, the Bears are going to make you beat him eight times in a row. I don't think you're going to win all eight. And so, well, he, he, I mean, Co- Cooper's a technician now. Like, that's where he's evolved to. But, and also, this is for Ficky and Dave and everyone that doesn't listen to us. I, I think outside of his family, Rob is the highest on Tyreek Stevenson in the world. So just so you know, like I, he's playing better, but, but Rob has a really high opinion of Tyreek Stevenson. Like, like, let's just say Jalen Johnson's on Amari. How about that? Or they got him bracketed, you know, we don't, we don't got to go Tyreek straight up here. There's to let, let the offense line up however they want to on the defense. I'm with you. I hope it's Jalen Johnson, but at least right now they're not having Jalen shat anybody. So until they start, I I hope, I would prefer if Jalen was just on Amari Cooper. I'm assuming it's going to come down to Amari on Tyreek because everybody's attacked Tyreek. You mentioned this, uh, Dave. Everyone. If you had to guess, where does Tyreek rank in defensive tackles on the Bears this year? Say it again. Tyreek Stevenson? Tyreek Stevenson, where does he rank? He's not first because that's that's TJ. TJ's first. That's TJ. Hmm, I actually have no idea. I would say seventh, around seventh. That would be normal. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna, no, I'm going to go third. Third, he's fourth with double, over double the tackles Jalen Johnson has. He gets thrown at a lot. A yeah, another target a lot. <clears throat> so I, so you said your one of your hot takes, um, Rob, is the defensive touchdown. One of mine is this has to happen some week. Darnell Mooney's going to catch a touchdown this week, right? Like it's yeah. got to happen here at some point. Like they're, he's going to find him. They're going to be so focused on DJ Moore or whatever. But I think, I think Darnell Mooney's finally going to get a touchdown this week. Okay. Vicky, right. what's, what's your bold prediction here? Oh man. Bold prediction. Wow. Yep. Oh man. Yeah. Actually I'm going to go multi, 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 Jesus, multiple interception game. It may not be bold because it seems okay. like we've been picking off everybody. Not not a single you, player. Are you talking about just as the defense? I just I think it might be. I think we might be having another two to three. Like okay. because of the pressure that's going to be on Flacco. A couple I think tip balls. Be some, these tip balls. We've seen a couple interceptions <laughs> from that, and then forcing some passes where you know the pressure is closing down, the pocket's closing down. Okay. He's just going to make a bad decision. So there's no way. I just don't see. There's no way that he goes off for 300 yards again against this defense. I know he did against the 31st ranked uh, passing defense in the Jaguars, right? But like this defense has not given up anything close to that, even with the top five offense that we saw the past, Mm -hmm. what, four weeks with the Lions twice. So Jacksonville is missing their best corner too, Ficky. So even with a bad defense, they're missing some guys. So DJ Moore, uh, we're looking at the injury report. He's really the only one on there. I think there was maybe, oh, I can't can't think of it. Anyways, it was an ankle for DJ Moore. Brisker, yeah, he was he was out today, but I think he's gonna be fine. I think he was just taking a rest day. But with DJ Moore, he was limited today as far as his ankle. We seen a video with him. I think it was Nicholas Moriano, CHG of Sports. He kind of put it out there where he was he was fine. He was laughing. He was walking around. I 
for me, my bold prediction, because we're going to go, we're going to have one more for each of us, but I'm going to go 300. I think it's going to be a 300 yard passing game for, for Justin Fields. Um, I think the defense Browns, it, it is great, but it's depleted. I think that the way this defense or the offense is playing for the bears, I think it's just going to, it's, it's the right timing for everything. So, and also I think it'd just be poetic to be able to his rookie season where he threw for 120 and to be able to throw for 300. So I'm like I said, it may be a lot, but I, I feel like this could be a game where it's like, he really emphasizes, really focused, um, and wants to prove that you know he can at least throw the ball. So for me, I'm going 300 yards for Fields, um, and we'll go from there. So, Fakey, I'll send it back to you for your second bold, second final bold prediction. Yeah. Also, is this sad that that's a bold prediction for Fields? You know what I mean? 300 yards. Like I don't think it's. Like I don't standard. think. I don't think it's, it's just, bold because he's look at his running. He, he he's not a normal yeah, quarterback in my opinion. So that's why I'm like, I I, I know a lot of people are fi- fixated on the like 300 yard games, but it's like. He almost had 300 total yards last week. Yeah, he, he was very, very close if he didn't have over 300 total yards. So when you factor in his running, which I, you see like a lot of – some people see it as like a negative, and, and that's fair because, you know, his, his passing is not as efficient um, or prolific as, you know, maybe Caleb Williams might even be next year just coming into the league because it's a different – he's a different type of quarterback. So for me, I think 300 yards passing is bold because of the way that he runs sometimes. We saw it last year or last week where he's pinned down on his one – and he, it, most quarterbacks are probably sacked there, and, and it's a safety, and he turns up being about 30-yard run. So I think his legs, you know, there's a p- component there where I know you could probably like to see him throw the ball, maybe get it to commit on a, on a streak or something like that instead of running or maybe leaving the pocket. And so I think there's pros and cons to both, but I think that the way he plays kind of limits why he doesn't get some 300-yard <laughs> games as far as passing goes. So. But, yeah, it's also hard to get it when you when you have 17 screens. But my hot take is yes. that there is, is is that I think Montez Sweat will have three sacks. I think oh, like I'm, you, I was going I, it's, Montez. It's, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean it's it only makes sense, right? In, uh, three sacks, sacks? three, three. We, we have four with us so far. Walder's Twitter account deleted if Montez Sweat has three sacks against the Browns. Yes, sir. I mean, why not, right? Let's flip the script. Lombardi. 12 sacks. We gave up 12 sacks last time we were there. This is going to be a defensive game, right? Okay. Our defense is going to thrive, according to Rob. I kind of agree. So why not? If that if that's going to be the case, you're going to need some help on that front line. And he's been balling out. He's been playing well. I could easily, mm-hmm. like, if I said two, right, you guys wouldn't be like, that's not possible. Yeah. He had one and I, a half I, I like week, it. You know? So I think three is definitely right there. And you know what? You know, fuck. Fuck it, throw in a strip sack too. You know what? You talking about you wanted a defensive touchdown, Rob? There's the strip sack, and we're gonna have someone pick it up. Maybe Javon Dexter picks it up. Montez Big boy running Sweat. down the field and gets a touchdown. Montez Sweat blitzes, gets the edge, strip sacks Flacco on a Kyler Gordon blitz. The ball Ooh. comes to him. He scoops yes. it up. He runs it into the end zone. It's the easiest looking play of the season, and Bears fans go to heaven. Right? Yeah, there it is. There I mean, is. I mean, I like he's. That. We, we we talked about this because they're they're on their third right tackle right now. It's James Hudson. PFF graded him. He's the worst tackle in the NFL. He's 84th out like 84th or something like bad. That's crazy. Just in case you were excited about the other guy, he's 78th. Yeah. So <laughs> it's tough out there. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's tough. Yeah, that's why when you told me to put on that Browns hat, I was like, yeah, I, I don't know if I really – I've had enough pain in my life. I don't know if I want to do that. Jeez, like that, that's Dave, crazy. Dave, I'll go next. My bold prediction, yep. I like your field's 300 yards prediction. I'm going to go the other way with it and say 
I think the Bears offense is going to give us nearly nothing to talk about in one of the most ho-hum, tapioca pudding, take care of the ball, don't screw this up offenses that we've seen this season. Because I think the Bears defense, look, if the game works out the way I see it working out, and I'm going to be very blunt, listeners, it probably won't. Like, for some reason, after all this talking, I bet that I bet one team comes out flat or something like it. But if it works out the way that I think it will, I think the Bears offense is going to score on their scripted drive. I think they're going to take advantage of an early turnover and like kick the field goal or kick a field goal or something. And the Browns are going to go into half with nothing to speak or nothing to speak for. And the Bears offense is basically going to get the like get their marching orders to do nothing and just like run the ball. Let's not take any extra hits this week. Let's throw the ball when we need to, and let's just get out of the way and let the yeah. defense keep working. But just be, maybe that's partially because I think there would be something so funny about everybody right now is searching for a Justin Fields statement game, and I could easily see him delaying it a week. And then it comes <laughs> against a horrible Arizona defense that will be ripe for, a, for an explosive game. Yeah. And then you got this Atlanta. Game, he needs to do it though with this defense. I know they got injuries, but this, this is that's what I'm saying. The, the, the defense that he's facing, so yeah, it would hold a little bit more value, um, a little bit more impact if he did against like this, even though it's depleted. But right. Um, all right, Nick, have we gotten to your final bold prediction here? No, no, not yet. I, I mean, think I, so. I would, I'd like yours, Dave, more because I bet the over on Justin Fields' season passing yards, which was twenty-seven fifty. You are and kidding. So, he That's needs 235 a game to break that, which is still doable. So yeah, easy. He's putting yeah. you in a bind on 2750 right now. Oh, no, no, injury. I before the season I did. That injury sucks. Yeah, he would have, he would have, he would have surpassed easy. that easy. Um yep. not 4, I want to bring this though. up because I, I talked 000. about what was your final prediction? Bold so, prediction? so my, my final prediction. And this is going to go a little bit the other way from this went uh-huh. from Justin Fields' first game against Cleveland. Is I think that, like last week, they were up to the task with Aiden Hutchinson. I think that Miles Garrett is not going to get a sack on Justin Fields, wow. which I think is out there because that's he's that's so tough. good. And he they move him around, they try and create matchups, but our line is doing pretty well right now. And I think they're going to focus on him. That'd be nice. Not to mention Bears are winning. If they don't give up a sack, they're, they're they, they will win this game. Well, well yeah, the, to Miles Garrett, but to Miles Garrett, well, yeah. but yeah, yeah. Uh, My, it's interesting. Miles is hurt a little bit, but I'll right. tell you what, that's is not going to stop Bears fans from posting highlights of Darnell Wright locking him up. If if that's what happens, like oh yeah, take every advantage, every leverage advantage on Twitter that we can, and I mean anything. Does this feel to you guys, Vicky, Nick, and I have talked about this. Does this feel almost like destiny setting up with that week 18 game against the Packers? Oh, 100%. Like, 100%. Storybook. It's going to come it's down storybook to yeah. stuff, man. NFL script, right? The only there. thing that can make it better is if there's a playoff, somehow there's a playoff like birth on the line between oh Green God. Bay and Chicago. <laughs> and I would, oh, that would be a tough one to watch. That would, we were last time that happened, I was at it. Game, uh, week 17, cold snow game. I was there for that one where Chris Conti blew that play. Oh my gosh! And then Jay Cutler on the drive, the last drive misses Alshon Jeffrey deep to the side. Oh my, yeah, sorry, PTSD. So I'm almost scared. I'd rather be like, we go into week 18, we know we're in. I know that won't be the case, or we know we're out, so that like I can just you know. 
be able to breathe, you know? So yeah, but yeah, I was at that game when the last time was playoff implications. So man, can you imagine winning that game and then getting into the playoffs, you win a playoff game and and they're still, they still trade fields for like a second round pick. (laughs) I cannot. Dave, if you realize what could happen, I know it's a lot of could and a lot of maybe, but if the bears win out and somehow luck their way into the sixth seed, as of right now, they'd be slated to go to Detroit and then Take play it. the rubber match of a third of a three-game series, oh. and which they should be up 2-0. Oh, which you would think that they're up 2-0, and and all that means to me, because I'm sitting here just a buzz thinking about it. Uh-huh. What would anybody say about quarterback or head coach? I don't care how much you hate Matt Eberflus. I don't care what you think of Justin Fields. If they ended on a seven-game win streak. Two divisional like playoff yeah. games, basically, and, and lose then, like a tough one. Yeah, I don't know. They drop it to the Eagles or like yeah. the Cowboys oh. or whatever, yeah. and everybody just gets over it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you who's scared as shit. If they, Jared Goff would be, so, oh my god, can you imagine? What? The 2018, <laughs> he does the not want to play year that where team. the defense. The 2018 defense just destroyed him, broke him, and now the Bears defense is breaking him again. Essentially, it's like, <laughs> could you imagine the fear that he'd be like? That would be just, that'd be too much, man. But I, my final- I'm actually happy. I'm actually happy though if we if we do face them that we're not two and zero because typically when you're two and zero, yeah, and then you yeah. meet in the playoffs, you lose. Yeah. <laughs> so well, dude, I'd rather have Lions that players. I don't know they why were talking. Is, but- they're talking trash at halftime heading into the tunnel. I don't know if you caught some of that. Like they were talking to the bears to the sideline and they were not, I mean, they were not, they just don't like the bears. And then obviously how we saw the second half played out where the bears, you know, came out. And then that's why you saw some players tweeting after the game about, you know, kind of talking a little bit more trash about Detroit. So these teams don't like each other, but at the same time, all the confidence, all the momentum is in Chicago. Like I would be very, very nervous. Um, We should have beaten by four touchdowns. Yeah. Facts. Oh, yeah. Even – um, but I want to go – my final score prediction, before I do it, we talk about 300-yard passers. So, Kansas City, how many times do you think Patrick Mahomes this year has thrown for 300 yards? I know he doesn't have receivers, but I just want to know how many think. Two, Rob? Two. Nick has three. He threw for four – it's only four times he's oh. eclipsed 300 yards. Another one, the high-powered Detroit Lions, Jared Goff. How many times do you think he's thrown for 300 yards? I'm going to go five. Five? Four? Three? Three. Yeah. It is, he, <laughs> like he's that. thrown – it is four times Jared Goff. Um, again, the Saints, they've actually – they have the most, I guess, somehow with five 300-yard games at, for a passer. The Commanders have five. Um, now, the Bears, they have one. The Panthers have one. The Raiders have one. Well, I guess they're going to have two now with the way that McConnell is playing. Um and then the Bears are with one, um, and the New York Giants. Now, the highest in the league is six. That's the Houston Texans and then the 49ers. So you have a bunch of three, twos, fours, and then a couple sixes. Again, it's kind of tough. It's not like they're getting every every week, you know, as far as getting 300-yard games. So, again, being at what, just one within Chicago is not great. But, again, Justin was hurt for, what, four games yep. and, you know, missed four or five weeks. So – for me, my final bold prediction, um, I don't know if this is bold or not, but um, as far as just running, I think the Bears are going to rush very, very well this game. Uh, I like Deontay Foreman. Big, big fan of him, of course. Herbert, still a fan. But I think with Justin Fields uh, running, I think he's going to get around 50, 60, 70 yards rushing as well. 
Um, but I think that the Bears are just going to run the ball very, very well on Sunday. So I'm going to go. I'm going to go almost. I'm going to go 185 total rushing yards. Um, yeah, I think it's going to be that bad, man. Hey, that's um, crazy. Yeah, <laughs> I think they're going to run the ball. Offensive day. It's going to be. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm 300 yards from Fields, and I think it might that's be. Four, I think it might 80. be. I think it might be because of. Uh, I think the big chunk will probably come from Foreman. I think he's just he's running so well. I think he's yeah. due for just a 100-yard game. So for me, you get 100 yards from Foreman, and then you get another 50, 40 from Fields, and then you throw in Herbert. You know, Even Roshan Johnson gets some snaps. I just think they're going to run the ball. We all know they can do it. Um, they kind of need to get back to it a little bit, in my opinion, as far as just the dominant running. Because I think last year, last week, how many rushing yards did they have? Like, mm, uh, uh, I'm talking between Fields the runner, running backs. Yeah, yeah, I'll know. Feels I think it's just, mistakes. I think they're due for just a good as, good as far as just rushing the ball. So, um, but that's enough for the bold predictions. Uh, we're gonna get out of here, but Dave, we'll I wanna, do fine. I want to, I want to show okay. one funny comment first. It said, yeah. uh, from here from Vaughn said, Yeah, Ficky, you're banned from games from here on out. So, the ongoing joke is I go to games and they just play like absolute dog shit. Like every game I've been to, it's some historic loss. Offense looks like garbage, right? And so, I when I don't go, we win, right? You so better sell your tickets right. this week, right? Yeah, I think I no, I'm not going this week. Luckily, <laughs> I know, I know. I to say, if we wouldn't I was, allow I may, you. To go. I, they might have to ban me and put up a poster. Say, if you see this guy, kick him out. But if it's for the yeah. benefit of the team, I'm here for it. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Go ahead. All right. So I'm gonna start. We'll start with Rob here. This is game predictions. I think you guys are both, obviously, as far as confidence goes. I think, Nick, you're at a nine. Rob, you're at nine and a half. So give me, the, give me your final score prediction for this, for this matchup. So I wussed out last night because when it, my heart says offense scores 17, defense <laughs> scores 7, and it's a 24 to 6 beat down. The wow. Browns do like half drives. But other than that, it is like the game that I am envisioning is borderline boring because the bears take care of business. And I mean, granted there's more to the story. Like I think this, this has an opportunity boys to be a peak game and actually make the other two games, like not just the third, the three remaining, obviously, but the next two harder because I could see this bears team like crest the hill right here, start to feel themselves a little bit and need to maintain that like mental edge. Right. But this game, they're still an underdog. This game, nobody believes them. And I think that works to their advantage. Nick, I'm going to roll back the pity touchdown that I offered up as like as an attempt to be honest last night. I'm just going to go with where my heart's at, and that's 24 to 6. He he, cha- he changed it on our pod, and then I saw him post this. I'm like, hey, what's this, man? You can't go changing your prediction. <laughs> so then he'll be like, oh, well, that one's right. That one's wrong, you know? Oh, he's trying funny. to cover all his bases so if people come back he's like no i had no i said this, uh, this is this is my predictions I over here <laughs> i'm not even mad <laughs> we'll take it though 24 right. six i'm not mad about that i'm not mad nick give us your score prediction man how are you feeling i'm gonna stay with the one that i had i'm gonna give you guys a little <laughs> reasoning here so i know i know people are pretty scared of the browns defense because they, they've they've been pretty you know elite but they were elite weeks one through six so just some stats. I think this is kind of fun stuff. Weeks one through six, they allowed an average of 200 yards per game. Weeks seven through 14, they've averaged 302. That's a huge difference. In weeks one through six, they allowed 15.4 points per game. Weeks seven through 14, it's been 24.4. And also between this week seven to 14, 
was that one time they played Arizona when they started Clayton Toon, who was trash, and they had like 58 total yards. So like really it would balloon to more than that. So my prediction is going to be 28 to nine uh, Chicago, and it could be better than that. I just think that's, I mean, when they're averaging 24 points and we're an above average offense, you just, mm-hmm. the odds are in our favor to go out yeah, over that. Yeah, math. That's not bad. All right, Vicky. Bad. I like that one. I like both of these predictions, honestly. Um, you know, it's crazy. <laughs> I'll be fine with both. So, oh, absolutely. It's a win. I'm taking, we talk about this all the time. It's so hard to get a win in the NFL. And then also add on to that. It's so hard to get a win in the NFL. If you are the Chicago bears franchise. So anyway, they get it. I am ecstatic. Listen, mm-hmm. we won three games last year and we've only won how many we won this year? I can't remember. We had like five or something. So yeah, eight wins in two years. Yeah, these are hard to come by. Um, so my my initial one before you guys hopped on the pod, I felt very confident about this. I was like 24-20. But after listening to your brilliant minds, I am like, do they score points at all? You know what I mean? Uh, so I think I am more on the 24 to 10 route oh wow and really it's like 24-3 most of the game or like you know 17-3 whatever we score 24-3 and we yeah and they just score you know the hey, whatever who cares right so at dominant performance maybe not as high scoring as what we would expect which we probably didn't anyways the defense is pretty decent but the defense really shows up and hopefully it's just like one of those games where maybe we do get 180 yards rushing and there's no turnovers that's what i want like just offense does their job like rob said you go in, do your thing. No one really talks about it, and we move on to next week. Well, speak, speaking of Fields, I don't think Fields has thrown a pick since he's come back. Yeah, from his three straight games. Now first you time have in his to career. go and say it. Now you have oh, to go yeah. and say it. No, we'll, we'll cut it. <laughs> we'll cut it. <laughs> this is live, Vicky. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> no, I think there's a way you can still cut it somehow. <laughs> no, we'll, we'll, we'll go through the no YouTube worry, edit, no. editor, but... Yeah, but he has no, been clean. He, the only his only issues has really been fumbles, right? First time in his career, oh. too. Three straight games of no interceptions, so he has not thrown that. It's, it's impressive. So, I, I'm feeling. I feel like the Browns are going to score a little bit. I don't know why. I think it's just because the modern day NFL, they're going to get some points. So I'm going to go 27-17 is what I'm leaning towards, um, which I think would be a great game. I'd love to see him get, get to 30. I just I'm not going to predict that. Yeah, I've, I've predicted some 30 point games in the past. And they have not came to fruition. So until it happens, I'm just going to kind of stay under under the 30-point marker. But I think 27-17, I think this is the one that you have to – if they win this one, I think it's – I think they have a really good shot at least to go into that week 17 or week 18 against the Packers and Lambeau where you could – because I think Cardinals and Atlanta, that should be – if you can beat these this guy, these guys, you should definitely take care of those well, two teams at least you're on at paper. Home. You're at home in Soldier Field for those two games against warm-weather teams – in December, yeah. like that's going to be cold, very, yep. very cold. And so. one of them has Desmond Ritter, so you should win. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> oh, he's so bad, man. He's so bad. Uh, um, so here's a question for y'all. Because so how basically me and Dave since since Fields came back, right? And we can end on this one. But since they came back, we've been basically saying, hey, he has certain amount of games left, right? It was, what was it six, seven? And he had to have a certain amount of them checked off, like checking the box, right? I said he need to have like five of them and two of them. The other two. You just need to be like, eh, it doesn't matter. They weren't bad. And then uh, uh, Dave said he need to have six of them. So far, I've said he's checked off all of them. So far, Dave said he's checked off three out of the four, and the other one is just like a, you know, kind of incomplete. So my question is for you, because we all kind of agree that maybe the offense doesn't have to carry this game. Let's say, you know, it comes to fruition where the offense, the defense carries the game, 
very the offense is very run focused. Fields has like what 180, 200 passing yards, no turnovers, maybe a touchdown or two. Does that check the box for you being like that is a good Fields game? Or like if you're Ryan Poles, do you look at that and say, yes, I want to this is pushing the needle to keep him? Or do you need to see a big kind of like you know, a really high scoring where he's making big plays, running, passing, things like that. To, to me, that I think that's what happened a little bit of last week because he, you're up, and I knew there were some guys that were open that he could have thrown down the field to, but he's like, I'll just check this down because I don't think we need to take the chances. I think that could have been some of this being a little bit more conservative. Um, so I think that if he gets 250 total yards again and maybe one sack allowed and no turnovers, that's still a big win, I think. And it's not like, I know it's a little bit more game manager-y like, but we see with Justin Herbert, throwing for 300 yards and getting all these stats and not winning games doesn't matter. So like, you have to fit your skill set into what the team needs and to win football games. Because in the end, this is one of my favorite quotes from Justin Fields. They were asking about like, hey, you know, so you worry about how you're going to play for your contract. This is preseason. He says, I'm not worried about money. I'm worried about wins. Like, that's why I like him so much. As long as he understands what they need to do to win, I'm okay with it. Yeah, echoing, I think it's okay, Vicky, for us to be able to say that depending on what happens, this could easily go down as a no grade or like a, a very small check. Right. I I don't think that this is going to be the game where the team basically looks at fields and says, if you don't make a play, we're going to lose. And then he makes a play and they win could become that that's very possible. Mm -hmm. Right. And I'll be honest. I always try to evaluate the quarterback based on the plays that were called and the options that were given to him. Right. What did the defense show us? If we get a touchdown and it pops open and we should have seen it and we didn't throw it, I'm going to be bummed. Right. Because I imagine that the quarterback room would be bummed. I try to watch as much JTL Sullivan, J- uh, TJ or Tim Jenkins, Chase Daniel, yeah. all these guys to get a sense for what quarterbacks are looking at. And if read number one is open and we pass on it to be conservative, the quarterback's coach does not like it, even if the result ends up well. That said, guys, that said, I mean, I think this could easily become a game where the Bears start going run, run, pass, run, 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 or like outside pitch, inside run, screen pass, like a bunch of stuff that does not matter. Like it's one thing yeah. to talk about passing up the options deep downfield. Nick, I could see them just not bothering to challenge by the end of the game because if they're up two scores and they feel like their defense is winning, Matt Eberflus may park the bus to use like FIFA terminology, right? Yeah. And so if that happens, Vic, I, I just don't think it makes a difference, right? Like if you were if you were thumbs up on Justin Fields, stay thumbs up. If you're thumbs down yeah. on Justin Fields, stay thumbs down. When the Chiefs are winning by two scores, they don't always push for a third. It depends no. on the game. And yeah. And that I, I it all depends on the flow, right? Well, I agree with you. I, I want to win, so I don't care what you know what I mean. I know the stats are important at the end of the day, like especially from a fan base to kind of gauge where you're at with a person on their skill, you know. But at the end of the day, I want to win. So, and I'm sure Field, I mean Fields does too, and he talks about it. But so I agree with you. That's why basically how I view it going out. Like I know I said Poles has already made his decision, right? But if he hasn't, right? Basically, I just need to see you just need to not be the reason we lost. Yep. Right. You don't always have to be the reason we won, but you don't, you can't be the reason we lost. And I, I think so far this year, 
and maybe I'm wrong. I haven't seen a game where I was like, oh, Fields, you are literally the reason we lost. So, or like at least solely where I look at you and I'm like, yeah, you had like three, four turnovers. You know what I mean? Or you're missing all these open wide receivers, things like that, where I'm just like, yeah, you're garbage. We have to move on. So I agree. I agree, basically. Absolutely. I think uh, I think it was a good conversation. We're going to have plenty of those. Um, before we let Rob and um, Nick go here, first of all, you can check out Robert Schmitz on Twitter. It's Robert K. Schmitz. Is that right? Um, and then Nick, I think your Twitter, um, I'm going to pull it up here. I'm going to cheat. Underscore Nick Whalen. We talked about earlier in the show. So underscore, then your first last name. Um, and then you guys, just tell us a little bit about your podcast, how many times like it airs, how long you've been doing it. Just so we, I know you guys, we kind of probably have some crossover viewers and stuff. So like I said, I love the pod. I'm glad you're doing it. I hope you keep doing it, especially during the off season. But just tell us about it, where we can find you, um, and how, how how it's been going. Nick, you want to do it? Or you want me to do it? Uh, yeah, I'll go. Uh, I think some sometimes your audio isn't as good. I've seen some of the comments. So um, yeah, so we do we do post game. Uh, we've been trying to do that live, just like this. I think it's nice to kind of get some of the viewers in. So if people like some of that live content, we do some of that on. So that'll be Sunday or Monday, or Thursday, or Saturday, or whenever the Bears play, we are staying up and doing that pod that night. So that will happen. And then we have our, our preview show will be Wednesdays. Uh, we record that, and it comes out Thursday morning normally. Um, and that one, we have incorporating some Q&A into that. And we do a lot of numbers, a lot of film based on what we saw from all 22 from our, the past game, and then what we're seeing from the opponent and what we expect the Bears from the next game. So, yeah, it's been a lot of fun, especially, I mean, from everything we've talked about, we're going to be able to talk about the draft, free agency on these pods. Like it's going to be a lot of fun. So I don't, I mean, I, I mean, I listen to you guys too. Like there's, I don't think I can get enough bears pods, honestly, this year. And then this off season, it's going to be fun. Yeah. There's a lot of topics to talk about, which is great. Again, King polls. I just got to keep saying it. We have a lot of the future looks for a team that started. Oh, and four, there shouldn't be this many positive things to talk about. Right. For a team that Ficky, won three games last year, there shouldn't be this much positive things to talk about. Like, Vicky, when he talks, I, I think I go into like a trance. Every time he talks, I'm like, man, I just believe in this guy more. Like, he, he's yeah, like, I'm he's like, good. I want to like just have a beer with this guy. Like, he just seems awesome. Like, every, he's like, yeah, that plan's going to work. Like, yeah. And then, and he's just always honest. And he was like, yep, this is why we did this. I'm like, that's my guy, you know? Cause yeah. we haven't had that. We've had the, his flus isn't as good in press conferences either. And Pace never showed up, but like, Holds us accountable. You know, I'm like, dude, he's going to like lead us to like the, the promised land, you know? Him him, and Warren give me both of the, like, we mean business and we will like, the count does huge. Like, oh, Chase Claypool didn't work. Yep, didn't work out. He's gone. Moving on to the next. You know what I mean? And then, yep. so at L, no, they just instill a lot of confidence in this franchise, which I have not seen from past people. Flus, uh, you know, he, he's got some work to do uh from the head coaching standpoint confidence in coordinating a defense has been great but mm -hmm. yeah very very spot on hopefully he continues because then we'll have plenty more of these great conversations yep, yep. But we'll find out chicago bears that could all go to hell and it burns them <laughs> less, right? we'll find out, we'll find out. <laughs> absolutely uh well hey guys it's been over an hour hour plus so first of all rob thank you for taking the time to hop on with us first of all i know you just got a car congratulations on that um it's stressful, um, but we appreciate you taking the time, man. You've been driving. You're, you're a trooper. We really appreciate it. Um, same with my, you, Nick, man. My other car broke. Thank you, though. <laughs> it, oh, no. Oh, go, go fund me. Started for Rob. Here we go. Rob, yeah. The car was out of necessity. Let's put it that way. We're all yeah. right. 
I, I feel for you too. As a man who used to sell cars, there's nothing worse than when your car breaks down and then you realize the next thing you have to do is go to a car dealership. Yes. The last place on yes. earth you ever want to be. I wouldn't send my enemies to a car dealership. Like, so I, I get, feel, I feel for you. I get my oil changes done at the same dealership because you get like free oil changes and I still dislike going there so very much, man. Like, and I get, and it's free and I'm still just like, I just hate it. I, I don't know what it is about car. Nothing against the people who have to work there. Cause I mean, sure. I mean, everyone has to make a living. I get it, but I, I agree Vicky, man. It is, it's terrible. <laughs> so it. shout out to Rob tonight. <laughs> shout out to Rob and Nick. Thank you, man, for being, first of all, being on time. Shout out to Rob right there. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, seriously. Both of you guys are just amazing. First of all, great content creators. Um, one of the staples in, in bears Twitter, um, which can be kind of toxic at times, but you guys are, you know, far and behind some of the best follows on Twitter. So again, check them out on all socials. I know there's a ton of great bears podcasts, but I'm telling you their podcast is amazing. One of my favorite parts about it is the, the film, but also the analytical side. We try to get, you know, nitty gritty in those, but these guys just do it just at a a different level. So, um, absolutely. So first of all, thank you guys again. Um, if you guys never need anything, let us know. Uh, and then hopefully, hopefully our predictions come to fruition. So, Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, that's thanks for having us, man. I appreciate it. It's good getting to know you guys off air, too. So, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. We're not as bad right. as what we seem on Twitter, I promise. Well, maybe <laughs> I am. Dave, Dave's a little bit better, but <laughs> yeah. Thank you, oh, guys. man. Thanks, man. Absolutely. You guys have a great yeah. night. Um, Fick, let's see here. So, Fick, I think we'll go ahead and we'll go ahead and finish it up here. Well, um, I don't think we have any other questions. Fick, did you have any questions from the chat that we wanted to kind of get to uh, beforehand? Let's check here, real Okay. Let's see if there was some. I thought there was one. I don't think I started though. Uh, no, we do have some it's great comments good. in here though. Tareen uh, said, "Awesome show, guys. Really enjoyed it." Yeah. No, for real, it was great having them on. Please give them a follow. Go watch their podcast. Just because you watch Absolutely. us doesn't mean you can't watch them. There's a bunch of great people out there, and those two are definitely that analytical. I watch about stuff. two or three Bears podcasts, so. Absolutely. We got to watch something too. You know what I mean? We learned stuff from this, but yeah, but absolutely. So definitely go check them out. I don't think we see um, any, I don't see any uh, questions in here, which is totally fine. It's just fine. It's been a long show. We've answered probably a ton of them already. Um, We're going to be back Sunday to recap the game right after, like we always are. If you guys are new here, if you enjoy the pod, go ahead and uh, leave a like, if you can, it really does help. It's a great way to support the pod. Um, Subscribe if you enjoy the content. Having Nick and Rob over here, we've had Rob on before. It's good to have Nick on uh, again. Their podcast cannot keep, can't say more um, good things about it. But appreciate them hopping on over an hour and a half talking Bears football with us. I mean, that's awesome. So that's a dream we'll right be, there. We we'll be back Sunday um, again. This show is presented by Sports Mockery. So if you are any anything Chicago sports related, go check it out. Again, I also write multiple articles, um, a couple out. articles a week. Check it out if you can. Uh, follow t- follow Ficky on all socials. It's Ficky Baby. Also, if you want to keep up to date on all giveaways, pod stuff, check out the pod on Twitter as well, or X, whatever we're calling it now. BFR <laughs> underscore pod. Uh, give it a follow. Um, and then, of course, you can check. Follow on uh, also on TikTok and uh, Instagram as well. We post a lot of shorts. Uh, I know we post them on Twitter as well, but we post a bunch of other content on Instagram, on uh, yeah, on uh, TikTok and all that stuff. We're everywhere. So BFR the only underscore BFR. pod on all socials. Put it yeah, that way. And then of course, there. if you want, you can follow me on Dave underscore BFR all socials as well. Um, again, it's it's a fun season. It's kind of turning out. We'll see if we can go to run here. I'm excited to just so. kind of recap this thing on Sunday. 
Um, but again, shout out to the guys for hopping on. We'll have another crossover pod probably before the draft, uh, just because those guys are just so good at what they do as far as just breaking stuff down, breaking tape down. Um, but it's going to be a fun off season. Um, I can't forget our Apple Spotify listeners as well. If you're listening there, first of all, thank you. Um, and then also if you want to rate the pod, whatever you want to do, but the love has been real. We're almost at 3000 subscribers. We're getting there. So if you can help us out, if you're enjoying the content, go ahead and hit the sub button. If not, we, we just appreciate being here. So tell a friend Absolutely. we'll be back Sunday, uh, right after the game. Um, Ficky, anything else, man? Now let's get this dub, bro. Let's do it. Let's get it. <laughs> hey, let's go on a run here. But again, thank you guys again. And we'll be back. Um, we'll be back soon. So peace.